Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we're exploring a most profound and powerful experience in each of our lives here in the world, how God answers your prayers. For all intents and purposes, you can say that it's a never-ending topic to reflect on since God is limitless and eternal. It's one of those things that the moment you think you've learned all about it, like a bad late-night TV commercial, you discover, but wait, there's more. As a wise man once said, the more I know, the more I discover how little I know anything. Such is the way of God's revealing of the mysteries and power of eternal life. It can never be contained within any limitation of thought or belief or of time or space. Each revelation, each miracle is a glimpse into the limitlessness of the absolute. And each answer and each miracle are gifts that keep giving beyond time. Most definitions of the word prayer seem to be associated with some kind of sincere request conveyed by the petitioner's object of worship. It's often seen as a way of asking for something. Whether one knows or believes it would work in their favor, many people may think, well, it never hurts to ask, right? Especially if they find themselves in dire circumstances with no idea of how to survive it. Prayer, however, is in a much more essential way, is simply saying hello to that undivided, eternally infinite, all-loving, all-knowing, absolute power many of us might think of as God, creator, or divine source. It may be as simple as saying hello to God, but it is also the most intimate way to communicate. Although many people may not yet have the certainty that their communication with God is always a two-way street, most will experience that when they talk to God, God happens to be a great listener. And especially when we are intensely troubled, feeling alone in the world and terrified, we might find that above all else, we need a true confidant, a best and wise friend who just listens to us first. Even when you know that there isn't much anyone can do about the situation you're already in, doesn't it make a huge difference when someone kindly hears you out without judgment about you and where you are at the moment? The true gift of someone listening to you in times like that is that you realize you aren't alone and that someone is willingly there for you without being on the clock. 
with prayer and communicating to God, that's just the beginning. Prayer is also the most powerful of spiritual practices. Of course, as with all practices of any kind, you can only begin to master it with a great deal of regular and consistent practice. As a symbolic example, making sounds on a piano, any toddler could do that without any practice. Playing like a concert pianist requires a lot of training and practice. Just getting to know what prayer is and what it is truly for requires much daily practice. With practice, the gap between you and prayer decreases and you become more open and intimate with your true inner soul self and with God. All too often, I find people getting into judgment about themselves and about God in relationship to their praying. Many people are reluctant to pray to God because they feel not deserving enough. You might have experienced people who think they are better than a certain class of people and they feel entitled to boss them around or mistreat them. You can find them in a variety of situations in daily life. They might be yelling at who they consider to be the lowly clerk at the front desk of a resort at, of a resort hotel demanding an immediate upgrade or something because they are paying they are a paying customer. Or you might find them trashing their own hotel room just because since the housekeeper is paid to clean it up. Yet the very same people who regularly lord over those they believe they are superior to, you might also find are the first to suddenly switch to gushing over and trying to appease the top celebrity or the powerful CEO of a famous company to be able to hobnob with them. If the way they communicate to someone is so dependent on who is the alpha dog in the situation, how can they even say hello to God? to start the conversation. Besides, they won't want the all-knowing to pay attention to them for fear of being exposed as a fraud. Some people who harbor great shame or guilt may not be willing to pray to God because they judge themselves as unworthy of communicating with God. They might feel that they have to redeem themselves for their past mistakes or failure before they can even begin to communicate with God. Maybe they'll be willing to face one of the more accessible message deliverers for God. So, in answer to all the asked and unasked requests and wishes of so many souls, God offers the Holy Spirit of the Absolute to breathe life into and inspire and guide many and varied souls to be the answers to many of the asked and unasked prayers. While it is said that idle hands may become the devil's workshop, hands practiced in prayer become God's emissaries in the world. No matter who you are, how you've been, or what you've done, God sees you as you are in truth and not by judging you by what or how you appear to be in the world. God knows you absolutely and completely. 
God also gives you complete free will to make your choices. That means it's up to you to learn from all of your life experiences, including those you might believe to have been mistakes. In God's book of life for you, there are never any mistakes or failures, only learning, growing, and healing opportunities and experiences. Your life is completely a self-study course complete with all the coaches, mentors, teachers, and guides you need to help you through to your graduation. Only you could learn it, but you have all the help you need to succeed beyond your imagination. I mentioned earlier that God answers all of your prayers whether you consciously asked something of God or not. That is because, as spirit, you are ceaselessly communicating day and night whether you are awake or asleep, or whether you are aware of it or not. Many of you may remember us talking in previous episodes about your aura, that energetic emanation of who you are that appears as a band of multicolored lights around your body to a clairvoyant. What is commonly called your aura is actually you saying hello to the world and everyone in it and creatively expressing who you are. Although a clairvoyant person goes through various stages of learning to read your aura and get to know you at times more than you might consciously know yourself, God sees all of you eternally. So you could say you are communicating to God all of the time without interruption. Ah, yes. Prayer is your full-time communication with God. It's always a two-way communication. <clears throat> Yet until you have enough conscious practice of praying under your spiritual tool belt, it may seem entirely one way to you. You might assume that God sees and knows all about you, including your innermost desires, fears, and hopes, but you might not yet be aware that you are seeing and knowing God's communication to you all of the time as well. Until you become more aware of the ongoing two-way communication between you and God, you might experience that God doesn't always answer your prayers that you're conscious of or only does so in a while, selectively. Yet God is answering every one of your prayers, both asked consciously on your part and those asked unconsciously on your part. It's precisely through learning to meditate and pray correctly that you become more and more aware of your relationship and continuous communication with God. And remember that God doesn't just talk to you on a verbal level. God always communicates with your entirety as spirit. God is fully beyond the seeming confines of this world of time and space, and your experience here of all the seemingly separate and independently existing bodies interacting. That gives some souls the sense that God really doesn't care or answer their prayers. For you to see, feel, and experience the answers to your prayers here in the world at the level of your separate physical body 
you tend to look for something or someone to deliver God's answer to your prayer in some kind of recognizable, tangible, physical form. God's answer is always forever or eternally giving. It's truly alive. It's not a static start and stop answer or a one-use answer. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have a, an arbitrary use-by expiration date stamped on it. It's the gift that really keeps giving to you, which in turn means you are unknowingly living the answer to every one of your prayers all the time. Another factor that makes it hard for some people to become more aware of how God answers all their prayers is that they're staring at the expectation, their own or some other person's expectation of how, when, and or why they are to get their answers or what that answer should look like or sound like or feel like if it does arrive. All expectations are false, and they get in the way of you being able to have the best of all the possible answers for you at the time. As I mentioned earlier, all answers to prayers are alive, which means they are constantly giving to you what you need at that time in your life. The answer literally adapts to you and your needs as you learn, grow, and change. That's why it's very important for you to not shoot the messenger. Whatever form, whatever shape, whatever person uh, turns out to be the messenger that, that relays or conveys you know, God's answer to your prayer at that point. Because, you know... Don't, don't shoot that messenger just because that, what that messenger brought to you wasn't what you expected as the answer to your prayer. For example, would anyone ever consider getting a cancer diagnosis or something considered even potentially deadlier as an answer to any sane prayer they may have even considered? Of course not. Yet, pretty much everyone I've had the privilege to work with over the many years I gave private healing sessions to help them along their path of healing from something like that, those who fared exceptionally well all said the same thing to me. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't try to avoid it. Why would anyone feel that way about having a feared disease. Every single one who said they told me um, that as difficult as it was for them to go through all of that, it helped them get to the fulfillment and peace that they truly wanted to experience in their lives, and usually in record time. Well, having been diagnosed with AML or acute myeloid leukemia 10 months ago myself, I'd have to agree with them even where I am today in my healing journey. I certainly never asked 
to end up with any kind of cancer or or any other health challenge. <laughs> Yet, as I live and navigate myself through these challenges on a daily basis, I've learned and grown in heretofore unimagined ways. I actually have gained so much more freedom as the soul that I am. Of course, I wouldn't ever ask for this condition. That would be insane. <laughs> and go through this process. But once I had it, ah, I'm in this learning game all the way. All life experience, whether you think of them as bad or good, are opportunities for learning all that you need to learn to gain your ultimate freedom and mastery of life. I'm kind of a living proof of that, aren't I? <laughs> for those of you who know me more. Even one of my doctors said, I must be a reincarnated cat, <laughs> since I seem to have at least nine lives or more. Receiving the answers to your prayers is never about how deserving you are or not. The consideration of worthiness and how deserving you are is entirely yours alone. As for anyone else's judgments and invalidation about you, they don't mean anything to God unless you take them to heart and believe they are yours. God is always and forever for offering you the best and the greatest and the most fulfilling life you can possibly imagine, and then some. Yet, you have been given the gift of free will, and you can judge, blame, be guilty, and everything else according to your choice. Of course, the really challenging part to all of that is that those choices you've made are not merely the choices you can remember ever making. They are the choices you've made and the consequences of those choices you've lived through in all of your various incarnations through time mm -hmm. and space. Indeed. Well, our first break is almost here, so we wanted to take this moment to remind you, those of you ready to learn extraordinary psychic tools and life mastery practices, to help you fulfill and live your soul purpose, that we have a great comprehensive audio self-study course for you. You can try out our course with a free two-hour class on our online learning sanctuary for the soul at livethemiracle.com. That's livethemiracle.com. Or if you'd like to start out with one of our 63 different, you might be more psychic than you think, audio self-study classes that are open to everyone, you can pick and choose from any one of those classes. And there are nine different themed sets of classes available on a variety of applicable psychic topics just in that series. Of course, in time, we'll add many more classes, seminars, and intensives there. We will return short, shortly to continue with How God Answers Your Prayers. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, 
You'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. In today's show, we've been exploring how God answers your prayers. Some of you may have had the experience that God hasn't yet answered some of your prayers. Others of you may feel that God answers only certain ones or only when you're good enough. We're saying that God always answers your prayers unconditionally. So let's consider that some more. Yeah, before the break, I was talking about the fact that the communication between you and God is all the time. Both ways, not just one way, not you just asking for stuff or praying to God, you know, one way without getting any answers or God telling you everything <laughs> and you, you know, ignoring it or whatever like that. It's it's just going on all the time. It's a two-way, constant, continuous communication. And it's it's very, very complete. It's it's not just verbal. Uh, it's the whole experience. Communication on this level is a complete, total experience. So then what's missing is just, oh, our awareness of it. Ah, God is fully, co- completely all aware. But so are we. But we have to become aware of that awareness. And that's a little bit of what I was talking about, and that if you get hung up on somebody else, what what someone else says about you is that's not your problem at all. <laughs> and but uh, except if you end up believing it, uh, invalidation of any sort from anyone anywhere is always false. It's it's always just a, something that a person decides they make it up and everything and it's not really ever based on the truth. So anyway, but if you if you take it to heart and and you believe it and you start to live like that that you're you're 
stupid or you're ugly or you're, you know, not good enough, whatever the case might be. Well, that's on you, right? That's because you have free choice. Uh, and, and you can decide to be guilty or not. You could decide to, to blame yourself or not. Uh, you could decide that what somebody told you you were is, is absolute you know, gospel truth. Or not. <laughs> so, also, we don't necessarily remember or are aware of all the little decisions or big decisions we've made over time. It's a little like not remembering about the time you were four years old and not getting that toy you really wanted more than anything at that point for your birthday. And how heartbroken and betrayed you might have felt at the time. Today, you might laugh at it if someone told you that actually happened. You might think it's ridiculous that that experience could continue to affect you today. Yet, if you haven't healed yourself in relationship to that experience, meaning forgiven yourself fully, it can affect you in various ways that limit you and your ability to communicate and be at peace with God. I know that most of you listening to our shows are givers and healers. You love people. And more than anything, you'd like to see, especially your loved ones, be well and do well in all ways and be happy, right? Some of you might feel it downright painful, especially at times when you witness someone suffering and you offer yourself to them in some way to help alleviate at least some of that suffering, but they seem to reject your offer outright, <laughs> like having the you know, screen door slammed in your face <laughs> when you're knocking on somebody's door. What's that about? Well, we call that a lack of havingness for short. But that we mean that the person at the time is not able to quite receive what you are offering, as wonderful as that offering might be. They're going, no, I, I can't have it right now. As shorthand for that, we say that the person can't have you or what you're offering at this time. That could change. Tomorrow, it could change five minutes from now, but right now, they just can't handle it. Sometimes, even all, if all you're offering is a simple, hello, hey, I see you, you're there, or just a shoulder to cry on, the person is desperately trying to protect themselves from further harm, so they refuse your help. At other times, it could be that the person's already feeling invalidated and humiliated for being in the condition they find themselves in and don't want anyone's attention on it. Especially if you're already doing everything you can to heal yourself of some condition, whether it's physical or financial or emotional or whatever it is, and you just want to be treated normally by others, you might refuse their offers to help. Because, you know, accepting it means something's wrong with you. You know, it's, it's worse than you thought. 
the people have various ways they try to handle where they're at. Or sometimes the person needing help is so scared that they don't know how to relate openly to others and are in a defensive mode to try to keep everyone at bay. Like a wild animal. Yeah, like a cornered <laughs> wild animal. <laughs> get, get lost. <laughs> in other words, in some way, they might feel safer if they close themselves up to receiving even what they need most. Because receiving, you have to open yourself up. And that's, if you're already feeling very vulnerable, that might put you over the edge. So that's basically why people decide, nope, not now. I, I can't have even the thing I know is right for me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna accept it. I'm using these examples because what you might have experienced at times in relationship to lovingly offering help to those who you know are suffering and feeling rejected by them is what regularly happens between each of us and God's limitless and unconditional love and givingness, sometimes known as God's grace. The only difference is that God never gets invalidated or feels hurt by anyone or their reactions to God's givingness, and it never stops God from continuing to offer everything to everyone. It reminds me of a hilarious cartoon depicting Jesus after uh, he's instructing his disciples to feed the 5,000 or more people gathered to hear him speak and heal. It's usually known as the miracle of the fishes and loaves. In the cartoon frame, <laughs> Jesus is holding up a fish in one hand and a loaf of bread in the other, offering both to the group of seemingly hungry seekers. Well, one man, stand, young man standing right in front of Jesus asks, is that bread gluten-free? <laughs> While another one pipes up, the fish has too much mercury. <laughs> it never fails to bring me a smile, even though I'm all for gluten-free foods or try to stay away from foods known to be high in mercury content. For me, it's a character. This cartoon is a character of each of us who unconsciously harbor limitations of receiving all that God's grace constantly gives to us. Granted, if some shifty-looking stranger walks up to me and offers to spit in my eye to help better my vision, at the very least, I'd be very cautious <laughs> and ask a few questions before accepting it. Plus, I trust my intuition a lot more than whatever facts and figures that somebody could present to me or what anyone says about anything. If someone is saying... You know, what they're saying doesn't resonate fully with my intuitive knowingness. I always proceed with due caution and extra awareness. On the other hand, if someone appears in front of me and I experience that he or she is a true saint or a master, I wouldn't hesitate a bit to eat the fish or the bread or whatever is offered to me even if I had been diagnosed with mercury poisoning, which incidentally I had been many years ago and healed from, or 
I was gluten intolerant, which thankfully I'm not. As I mentioned earlier, God's grace is continuously and unconditionally giving to each and every one of us. The rest is strictly up to each of us to look deeply within ourselves to see if we might be protecting some past traumatic heartbreak and unconsciously guarding our innermost soul self, that most sensitive part of who we really are, from further harm and unwittingly rejecting all that we are already being given. So, I've always known that there's no question or limitations or conditions upon God answering each of our prayers and way more than that. That left only me <laughs> and my past decisions as the only usual suspects. Over the years, the deeper I probed into my soul, the more I discovered how I had regularly refused what I may have needed most because of some seemingly logical conclusions I drew intellectually at the time. A huge part of my healing adventure throughout my life has been that of learning to let go of how I remembered those experiences in any lifetime as painful, terrifying, and awful with the accompanying guilt, blame, and shame at the time. When you realize that all of the invalidating aspects and energies of such experiences were never actually true, ah, but merely images you created and held on to unconsciously in your mind, you naturally loosen your mental grip on them. And as you do so, all that pain and emotional and mental suffering evaporate out of your experience and are replaced with more of the eternal and limitless and joyous life that you actually are. That is true forgiving. It requires you to see beyond what the person, condition, or act appears to be on the outside and see the truth that it remains ever undivided and pure and part of God. Also, it only requ really requires you to forgive yourself for having had such an experience, regardless of what you thought actually happened. Once you forgive yourself of, of that matter, you won't have a problem with anyone else you thought caused the experience that you had. And your resistance to forgive yourself is nothing more than this little energy we call fear. At first, you might believe so fiercely in what outside forces caused the experience that hurt you so much in some way that you're afraid if you let it go, you'll have to go through it again. In fact, actually in truth, it will be the exact opposite from that. It's only when you fully let your past experience go that you will never have to experience that experience again. Even if the same or similar situation happens, you won't be affected by it because this time you'll see it clearly as what it is rather than as what you thought and felt it was 
when you perceive the whole experience previously as a separate body and not as spirit. That's pretty powerful stuff, Michael. Thank you. Well, one of the things I always like to think of in prayer is that God really is always listening. And many of you, with your many thoughts that you have in your head, whether you uh, know about this or not, how you think and what you're thinking about, all of it goes out unless you learn to I'm not going to use the word control your thoughts because uh, controlling thoughts doesn't do anything. It's more being aware of your thoughts in the first place and being a little more selective about what you think. It's, in a way, uh, very similar to someone who is learning how to communicate. If you're a person who just spews out every single thing that comes in your (laughs) mind, and I know people who do that, Eventually, people are going to start backing away from you and because it's just too much. It's too much blather going out there. Um, I've even heard people express that in in social media, you know, when they're trying to fall asleep and all these random thoughts that come to their head. But there are people that actually, as soon as a thought comes in their head, they have to tell someone. And if you can imagine that energy, that beingness, the high-level energy that we call God, but is really something much more than uh, the concept of a person or anything like that. God isn't a person. It's, it's the all. It's everything that we're connected to. So if all your thoughts are going out and going out and going out, it's like a log jam. So some of you find yourself in situations, for instance, where I want this and I want that and I want this. The I wants are, are kind of a big thing, especially when you're trying to establish yourself. You're a young person and you're trying to establish yourself. And you you want a lot. And before you know it, you're in a situation where you're so over your head with things to do, you're wondering where it all came from. <laughs> and guess what? It all came from you because your I wants are every bit of as much of a prayer as someone who's sitting down and very thoughtfully putting a prayer out there or a thought out there or even an intention. You know, that's a popular word nowadays. An intention is a prayer. So when you are able to be more mindful of your thoughts and what you put out to God, to spirit, to the allness, what you're going to receive back is going to be much more clear for you. And it's not going to be the logjam of all your thoughts. And then all of a sudden you have 25 things that you have to deal with because you're such a creative person. That's what you put out there. I want this. I want that. I want this. (laughs) I want that. And some of those things that you want are having a hard time coming in because you weren't really very clear about what you wanted. So it just, Uh, is created in a random kind of way that whatever you put out, it comes back that way. And of course, those times when you think God isn't answering you at all, you know, the way I look at at that is it's either you're not listening or um, you're not supposed to really go in that direction and you have to think about it a little more. Silence, Silence from 
where you're not actually getting any kind of impression on where to go with your question, silence is oftentimes the answer of, you better look at this again. Is this something you really want? That sort of thing. Anyway, our second break is coming up, and Michael's award-winning book, You Are the Answer, makes a wonderful gift for anyone seeking their sole purpose. It's easily available from Amazon.com, or if you'd like a copy specially signed for you by Michael, you can call our office at 530-926-2650 and purchase it that way. Also, if you like our show and feel you benefit from what we offer, please consider checking out our new Patreon site at, you got to get your pen for this, patreon.com slash living the miracle and pledging $7 a month to help us with a little of the expenses of offering you our weekly show to you. In just a bit, we'll return to continue with how God answers your prayers. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. We've been exploring how God answers your prayers. There's so much more to God answering all of your prayers, even when it may seem, when it may not seem like it to you. So let's continue with our exploration. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is when you're wondering about something, uh, one of the things I hear people say all the time is, why does that always happen to me? Mm -hmm. That's kind of a dangerous question to ask sometimes because if you're saying that because you're having a negative experience, the best answer that I, whenever I've put this out is that I get to have the experience all over again so I can take a look at it. 
The thing about living here in this dense physical universe is everything happens in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> it does. When you put out a prayer, it takes a little time for or your intention or your mock-up. That's another word we use when you want when you want something or whatnot. It takes a little time for it to come down into the dense physical and manifest. So when you ask a question like, why does this happen to me? And you have the experience again, if you're awake enough to know what's happening, you can be aware of how did I create this? Mm. How did I create this experience? Let's say uh, losing your money in something or or having what you might appear to have uh, experiences bad luck. What you get to see is there are many, many decisions that you make. Michael was talking about this earlier, decisions that you make or attitudes that you have or energy that you put out that affect how you have this experience. There's really no such thing as bad luck. Mm-hmm. And um, all kind of negative experiences are things that we have to help us learn something very positive and to help us grow grow as a soul. Yeah. And you know, oh I, I gotta I gotta share this with all of you. <laughs> Before the break and Raphael was talking about, you know, when you're young and you want a lot, all of a sudden I, I'm having this total uh, uh, realization that during the time of King Arthur in the round table, I, I finally realized who I was. Oh, no. I, I was Sir, uh, one of the knights that never, never got Famous. Mention, mentioned in history. Uh, <laughs> my name was Sir Wanalot. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you know, what happens when you get all that stuff, too, is by the time you end up to be 60 or 70 years old, you want to get rid of all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's all this junk in the, in the basement? Uh, but anyway. <laughs> but Wanalot is, is very, you know, we all go through that is, oh, I want that and I want this. And because at that point in our growth process as a soul, we're looking at the world and we're looking at, oh, God, wouldn't that be so great? Wouldn't that be so much fun? Oh, if only I could have more money or uh, if I could have my meet my soulmate and get married and, and live ever, happily ever after and all that. What's what's the common denominator of all of that is, well, for one thing, you're asking, just like Raphael said earlier, if you're just wanting something, wanting something, you're, you're like a broadcasting station to God and to the rest of us too, but, <laughs> but you're, you're just expressing this, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want. And isn't that an asking? You know, that's definitely an ask, isn't it? And everything you ask, like I mentioned earlier, God answers. But God answers in a way that, uh, like a very wise parent answers a child. A child could be Sir Wan a lot. <laughs> I want a cookie. I want a cookie. I want a. I want a. You know, treat. I want a sugar. I want this and I want that. Uh, and they could be 
tireless in their in their expressing what they want at the moment, and uh, a parent obviously loves that child and would love to give that child every you know your wish is my command. But we all know if you did that with a child, no matter how smart the child is or how evolved the soul that's incarnated in the child, every child has to kind of go through that phase and so the parent can't just dish it out every time some you know child says i want this and okay stop everything and give it to them that everyone knows that's not gonna do any good for that child it's it's gonna harm that child right but does the wise parent decide oh yeah the wise parent doesn't doesn't go no you can't have it that (laughs) and shut that child down because even if they're wanting something ridiculous that's part of their creative expression and you don't want to kill that right you don't want to totally shut them down and invalidate it yet what they're asking for of the parent is is not healthy is not going to benefit them but they don't know that. The child doesn't know that because all they know is this is what I want right now. And they're being truthful. It's like an impulse. Yeah, it's just impulse. So the wise parent looks at, okay, what at this age, at this part of this child's development and growth, what does this child need to learn? Ah, so this is the part with ourselves. When we get into self-trashing, so to speak, when when we feel we made a mistake or we did something wrong, uh, we failed, all that stuff, and then we start to beat ourselves up. We're we're uh, cutting off that wise, the wisdom of. Oh, wait a minute, you know, Raphael mentioned how did I create this, but even before that, it's oh yeah. What am I to learn from this experience? Because if you're, if you're already blaming yourself for having done something, essentially you're saying, I created this disaster and it's all my fault, all that kind of stuff, that's not going to help you. But if instead you go, oh, yeah, this was kind of a <laughs> terrible experience. This was a, kind of a disaster. What am I to learn from it? Being hung up in what's already, what, even if it's me, I'm the one who did it or created it, it's already done. I can't undo it, right? I mean, it's, it's already done. So, so instead of being hung up on, okay, uh, beating the dead horse, so to speak, of the past, I need to come to the present and go, okay, that, yeah, I don't like what I did. I don't want to do that again. Okay, what am I to learn from this experience so I move on to creating something better, something different? Oh, creating the solution to the problem I caused, creating uh, uh, healing for the damage I've done. All right, what can I do now? So we can't get to that unless we... uh, forgive ourselves unless we forgive ourselves for what's already done what's the past and bring ourselves into the present 
Ah, because in the present, in this world of time and space, right? Uh, in this world, it's, we're on the clock. <laughs> the Earth goes around the sun, you know, every 24 or... hours, whatever. And, or I mean, every uh, 365 days or so. But you can track that. But so how do we contact God? Well, God in this world cannot be contacted in the past or the future, only in the present, because there is no past or future for God. Uh, timelessness, eternity doesn't have a past or future. It's all now. It's all limitless. There's no beginnings and endings. So when we want to really become aware of what is God giving to me? What am I asking of God? We have to be in the present. Then we start to learn, whoa, I just got into the present moment for just a few moments <laughs> in this world. And it's an entirely different experience. That, that classic, I saw the light uh, moment is, oh, for that moment, we were in the present. And in the present, we experienced the eternity of spirit, the limitlessness of spirit. And in order to communicate with God, whether we're actively saying something or listening to God, receiving, we have to do so in spirit, which in the worldly uh, language of time and space, it's we have to be in the present. And one of the other final thoughts I'd like to put out there is, as you are in the present, really paying attention to what you are receiving. You know, when somebody hands a gift to you and you're one of those people that says, no, 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 I, I don't want that. <laughs> That's what happens is pushing pushing God away from yep. you. And, you know, God works through people. Yeah, and when we ask for something, sometimes we have to learn lessons so that we can accept the actual gift. First, we have to go through a few hoops to learn how to accept it. <laughs> yeah, and and God gives those gifts yeah. with absolutely no conditions whatsoever. Exactly. So if it has conditions, it's not God. Well, we are at the end of our show. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope that our show provided you with some new insights and psychic tools you can help to heal yourself and live more of the miracle of your soul life. Be sure to join us next Wednesday when we're starting a whole new season of Living the Miracle with the two of us, Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll launch, launch, boy, my words have been fun today. We'll launch our brand new season of our show <clears throat> around the overall theme, Signs of Spiritual and Psychic Awakening. And the first show of season 22 will be all about psychic growth periods. It's not easy being green. Remember, too, that you can go to livethemiracle.com and download your free audio two-hour spiritual toolkit to learn and practice the most fundamental psychic tools we teach and use in every class. Until then, 
Be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.